Welcome to the Victorian Parent Council VPC Parent Podcast Series. VPC is a registered charity organisation dedicated to everyone who support parents in educating their children. I'm Jackie Vanderveld, your host today. Welcome everyone and thank you so much for for putting your your microphones on mute. Look, welcome to VPC Live. Um, My name is Jackie Vanderveld. I'm a long-time friend of the Victorian Parent Council. Uh, I'm based in Sydney and our guest tonight is based in in Queensland. So we're we're covering the eastern seaboard uh, extremely, extremely well. So Victoria is sort of extending its extending its uh, its its uh, borders, even if even if we're allowed to cross them at the moment. Um, so this is uh, a, this is the third in a series that we have been conducting um, in the in, in on the in ev- the evenings, um, particularly you know motivated by the interesting times that we are. So my guest tonight is Michelle Mitchell. Michelle is an award-winning speaker and best-selling parenting author. Um, um, I've already admitted that I'm a fan girl. Um, she's been turned to the teenage expert. Uh, by the media and is sought after for her compassionate and grounded advice for parenting tweens and teens. Michelle started her career as a teacher, but soon discovered a special interest in wellbeing. She left teaching in 2000 to found the Youth Excel, um, which is a boutique health promotion charity delivering tailor-made life skills programs um, and psychological services to thousands of young people and their families. And today she uses her experience to write and speak in schools and community events through the media. So welcome, Michelle. I feel so privileged to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, it's lovely to have you. Um, so I think that we've, we've um, Michelle and I have actually worked out a little bit of a game plan for the sorts of things that we, um, we felt would be interesting to talk about this evening. And I think that, um, Michelle, you've written and spoken a lot about home being the hero. Yeah. And I love that phrase. I just love that phrase. So I'm going to hand over to you to say, okay. to tell us what that is. Shall I tell you where that phrase came from? Oh, yes, please. I was in the supermarket when this whole thing kind of was going a bit crazy and the shelves were starting to empty. And I've got a Greek background, so pasta is my soul, you know. So <laughs> you take the pasta away from me and I feel pain. And I remember just feeling this like massive sense of loss. And I, I went home and I started to think, when else in my life have I felt this feeling? And I started to think about business failures and relationship breakups and the times where I'd either phoned home or literally gone home for that kind of safety and reassurance to help me get myself back on my feet again. And interestingly enough, we were all sent home. And I feel like I hope that forever etched in our kids' minds is when the times get tough and we really need to recoup. Home's the safe place to be. And I want kids to really remember home being the hero. And I feel like during this time, we've had such an opportunity for home to step up to the plate and really fill in the gap and be everything that it was meant to be. So that's that's where that came from. And I, I feel like parents have so um, filled this space in their kids' lives and they've homeschooled or crisis schooled or whatever you want to call it. You know, they've loved, they've reassured. Jackie, to me, it's been a bit like a blackout. Do you have a lot of blackouts in Victoria that the lights suddenly go out? And you're scrambling around trying to find your kids in the dark and you scoop them up and you reassure them and you explain to them what's going on. But then you go into the kitchen and you find your backup supplies. 
your candles and your torches and your you know you get yourself sorted to draw on the reserves that you've put aside for times like this and we have we've dipped into our financial reserves and our emotional reserves to be present with our family and look after our kids and it's been a great time in so many ways for so many people to bond together I think you're, you're right. right. Your jammies on, Michelle. Um, I'm just to ask anyone who's joining us just to make sure that you have your um, your microphones muted. I'm, I'm frantically running up and down the uh, participants' screen, muting people as they as they come in. <laughs> um, but I think look, you're absolutely right about us having this unique time. Um, and it was interesting. I was listening to John Anderson, you know, former politician, mm -hmm. um, speaking uh, the other night, and uh, he was saying, you know, I know that people are saying all of these things are you know this crisis and we yeah. we've got all this uncertainty and all this sort of stuff happening around us that we're that, that is the causing stresses you know mm -hmm. definitely mm -hmm. but he said i know so many people and have spoken to so many people yeah. where they're loving yeah. this opportunity to uh to speak i've got this is this is the thing yeah. live i've got a dog outside my door <laughs> all good Loving this opportunity to bond with their families yeah, and, so and you know, in the background talking about, you know, the concerns about, you know, increase in family violence and all that sort of stuff. Um, he's saying these things are actually, there's actually really good things happening with families as well and, and we, we need to focus on that. Lisa Damore says something, Evelyn. She says, um, difficult but not devastating for most of our kids. And I feel like we need to be careful not to catastrophize things either, especially in Australia. We've, we've really had it so, you know, lucky. We, we got on top of it early. And for a lot of our kids, it's going to be difficult, but definitely not devastating for them. And I think that's a mentality we need to bring into it. That's right. It, it's, um, you know, I think in other uh, conversations we've had, we're going, it will, it will end. You know, this is not going to go yeah. on, not going to go yeah. on forever. And when it ends, we'll go, oh, no, now I have to commute for an hour every day, exactly. you know. So. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, look, I think that, you know, as we're heading back to school, so we've made this sort of brave decision now, we've got, um, you know, we've got we've got our premiers in various states saying we're going back and Victoria's heading back soon you know soon i think those in next week i think some some schools are back but uh you know we're, we're back officially um coming up coming up that's looming um are there going to be specific challenges because kids have been off school for a long time yeah, i mean a long time and it's a long time in the in the span of their lifetime yeah, isn't it, it is. you know yeah. It's going to be a very different school year for them. Should we talk? I've talked to a few principals. Um, Queensland's been staggering back and went back for all students on Monday. And the school principals that are talking to me are talking to me about a few friendship dynamics that they're actually noticing in the in the playground. And teachers are on top of this. They've got their head around this. They're working really hard with kids. But let me just maybe talk everyone who's listening through talk about it you know you need to listen so um are we good yes we're good okay good sorry <laughs> i just i thought am i am i getting muted how are we going no 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 we're fine we're fine okay awesome <laughs> all right awesome just checking um the first one is the newly found friendships because schools have officially never shut they've been open to children of essential workers 
And so in smaller class groups where the routine and the, you know, the foot's been taken off the pedal of the academics, kids have actually forged new relationships. And some of the kids that are quieter and maybe not been heard um, in a larger group environment have actually been able to really make some beautiful friendships with kids they normally wouldn't hang out with. And with everyone coming back to school, dynamics tend to shift and shuffle again. So teachers are really aware of that. The second thing is, they're sort of emerging a bit of a power click, especially with teenagers. Those that have spent a lot of time together, either online or in person, um, through this isolation period, and they're coming to school as a pack, and they kind of um, know each other's history during this time, and they've been really in each other's world, and they're coming in with this prerequisite knowledge of each other and that's exclusivity and the third thing we need to be mindful of as well is a lot of families are just going to face that kind of you know nerves that kids get when they haven't done something for a long time and they haven't seen their friends for a long time and therefore some of those first interactions are not going to feel like you know they normally would they'll just be that little bit more awkward so that's what I'm hearing from schools at the moment. It's interesting, you know, I think particularly there are going to be differences. I think, you know, poor little kindies. I'm thinking of these poor little kindies that started. They hardly, they barely got a term. They didn't even get a whole term of, yeah. of, of big school. Yeah, and yeah. now, and then they were home. They've been home almost as long or well, longer than, than yeah. the Christmas holidays. Yeah. So that's going to be really different for them, isn't it? Well, they don't know any different. That's a good thing, isn't it? Like, because they don't have a year or two under their belt to know the difference. So I feel like our little ones probably will adapt quicker um, because a lot of them didn't have a full understanding of what was going on and they just loved being at home with their parents, building cubby houses and, you know, playing in the backyard and that's worked for them. That's right. Are there some particular challenges, do you think, for teenagers? What what you know what sort of thing because that that's really if you're not a, being part of the peer group yeah is such an important part of being yeah. a teenager and all of a sudden this has been you know well very different if not taken yeah. away from them very very different i just had a a message from a mum just before I got on who said thank you for my last blog about resetting friendships because her year 12 student has gone back and experienced some of that exclusivity and that difficult cracking into her usual friendship group and it's, it's been tough for her but I think for our teenagers especially we've got to realize they've got big overwhelming emotions in life in general, let alone a situation like this. So a lot of them have felt this, but felt it really deeply. And loneliness has knocked some of them around. Um, and so I think we've got to really remember this stage of life that they're in. They're wired to um, get their sense of belonging and identity outside of the home. And so this has interrupted that for them. And so this, this, this back to school, this back to their rhythm is actually going to be really, really important for them. Mm. And especially when thinking of the year twelves in particular, you know, yeah. they've they it's um they've they've missed so many of the lasts. Yeah. There's the no last. minimizing that either. That's, That's right. just tough. Yeah. 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 It's just All, tough. It's gonna be it's gonna be real. So just to be as parents, just to be sensitive to that, you know, there's a, a little bit of grieving that's going on with that as well. 100% and I think that word's really appropriate right now when our kids do lose something genuine and sometimes it's those sports games or those you know like even soccer every week they can have a whole range of emotions while they're adapting to this new normal that they've been in and all those emotions are actually really important for them to kind of 
express and feel and work through on their way to finding, I guess, what's going to bring them joy on the outside of this. And during that time of adaption at home as well, we're hoping our kids are going to keep finding joy, even though things are different. Yeah, no, that's, that's, a, that's a lovely, I think that's something to aim for, definitely. So in our conversations as we're preparing our children to go back to school, I mean, because it is a, it's a, a, new, a transition, it's a very unusual <laughs> transition. So what, um, what can we talk to them about, about, you know, yeah. what is the new normal? I mean, and even that's going to change it will. potentially yeah. as well. I think it's a few things. My area of expertise is tweens and teens. So if you have really little ones, you're going to have to adapt this a bit. But I feel like kids could go back to school expecting it to look exactly the same way as they left it. And I feel like it's impossible for it to be like that. Once you've been apart for so long, you know, things change, people change, experiences change. And so they're not just picking up where they left off. They have to be prepared to come into it in this kind of open-hearted sense and stay open-minded. And I think helping them walk in other people's shoes, they may think that their experience of isolation is what everybody else has experienced, and it's possibly not. So it's just helping them have that flexibility of thinking at the moment, staying open-hearted, and also realizing that everything's gonna be in a slightly different space, but it will find its settled ground again. Now that that's that's good advice. So we've just got a comment here from somebody. The transition back to old routine is challenging for everyone too. Yeah, it's exhausting. So, that's right. My son yeah. has spent so much time online with his group of friends while yeah. at home homeschooling. Mm-hmm. So you know, there's you know all of those behaviours are going to be yeah. <laughs> are going to be challenged again. Um, and I don't know if parents feel like this, but I feel like this time's been quite tiring because of the amount of adapting we've had to do and I've been kind of saying to parents look if you feel tired or you feel drained but you don't know what you've done today it's because the hard work is in adapting and when our kids go back to school they're going to have this adrenaline that comes with excitement or fear (laughs) or a combination of all of it and that adaption is is very tiring for our kids. Mm. I'm, I'm kind of hoping that as we go back you know, as we, we dribble back into, you know, whatever whatever the new routine is, yes. that we don't lose some of the quiet that we've had um, yeah. because it's actually been, I found it to be really, really refreshing, yeah. you know, that, that, that side of it. Um, mind you, the, you know, everyone working at home in the queue at the coffee machine in the kitchen, yeah, yeah I'm not, not really thrilled about that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but, I think we're going to have to work really hard at reminding ourselves what's important and what we really valued about this time, because it's just so easy, isn't it? You, you so quickly forget, don't you? But I think we're going to have to, I know that as I'm going back to my normal routine, having to really remind myself about the things that I want to maintain and keep in my life, rather than just being flung back into whatever happens. Exactly, exactly. So mindset in all of this is really critical, isn't it? So a positive yeah. mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd love you to talk a bit on that because I've heard I've, I've read some of your blogs on that, so you've got a, a lovely twist on this. I I feel like with parents coming out of this position of trust in our kids' journey is so important. I feel like so often we try to manipulate and manoeuvre things behind the scenes, and trust is a really heavy reliance 
on and having confidence in our kids journey and sometimes we can't trust an outcome like you can't trust that your kids will go to school the first day and their friendships will just click back into place but when you can trust is that their journey is right for them and when a kids go back I just encourage everyone you know what I want you to do I want you to sit back I want you to grab a coffee I want you to breathe in some quiet and just trust and have confidence in it all being okay. Because our kids catch our calm and they can catch our anxiety too. And without that trust and that confidence, um, they don't have such a steady place to lean on. That's right. And we've just got a comment here, which I think is, you know, um, it's quite telling because I think this is this is clearly in the back of people's minds and and we um, you know through the Victorian Parents Council been running a series of parent polls you know mm. do you feel and, and and essentially do you feel confident about sending your kids back you know yes. and and it's been quite an interesting it's been an interesting exercise and I know that um, they've been published publishing the results on their um, on their Facebook page and on Twitter but mm -hmm. uh, one of the um, you know, one of the comments here is that I'm struggling with returning to school. I don't want to send my kids back, but I feel coerced by the government decisions. It's hard to have a positive mindset in this environment. Yeah, and, um, it and, and it concerns, you know, and, and I, I, look, I agree with you to the, to the mum who's raising this. I think my concerns are evident-based and not irrational. Um, and you know, and, and yes, you're a researcher, and, and we, we're all we're all quite quite well educated people. I think on this talk tonight, yeah, you know, we've yeah. been looking at a range of evidence, and I think yeah. that there's some you know there's some real anxieties there that do challenge yeah. that that positive mindset. I always say never replace your own you know gut instincts and judgments for anybody else's. And if there are some really valid reasons that you feel like you do need to keep your children home and there are, like my husband went through cancer last year and like I, I know for some families the concerns are, you know, are very legitimate and if there's, if there's some families that need to make that decision I don't think anyone would be arguing with them at this point at all. And I think what's really interesting about um, positive mindset too, Michelle, is that now that we've kind of done the impossible yeah. <laughs> you know, we've, yeah. we've had, had our children at home and we've been you know facilitating the learning from home the learning at home period we know we can do it so if it, we have to go back to that again yeah even if it's for a week or say our school has to be cleaned because mm -hmm. someone has got it yeah. and, and yeah. shuts down for a few days mm -hmm. we, we we know how to do this now so we've got some yeah. we've got form yeah yeah absolutely we do and there is a lot of policy in place and there is a lot of procedures in place now that there wasn't before. And again, being able to trust and lean into that is actually pretty important moving forward. Again, using your common sense and judgment for your situation, but absolutely. So expectations now. <laughs> okay, I think that this has been radical parent engagement 101, you know. Yes. Um, all of a sudden we've, you know, we've seen, you know, day to day what, mm -hmm. what goes on what goes on in the classroom and I think parents it's been a it's been an eye-opener for some yes. for, for, for lots of parents um, um, I think absolute admiration for what our teachers do oh, but all <laughs> but also to looking at um, you know gee I, I you know I, I really have enjoyed seeing yeah. what my yeah. what my children are doing day to day 
So that, that's one expectation that I would hope that people would have um, going, going forward now is that they would actually be asking a lot more questions and be a lot more engaged in what goes on in the classroom. What else, what other expectations or how do we, do you, do you think that we need to manage? I feel like we need to make sure our expectations of ourselves are realistic, given how much energy it takes to adapt given that this is going to be you know for some kids a big transition back especially those who do struggle with anxiety i feel like we need to give it all the breathing space it needs i know that some families whose children do suffer with anxiety are really doing a step in approach for them so they're going to school part-time for a minute and dipping their toe into it and i think um just making sure it works for your family and making sure it's realistic for your family. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. You can step in and you can step out. Yeah, and I think that communicate, keeping that communication open with the school about They're the way doing the a good job at that. Are, yeah. yeah, the way yeah. your children are feeling and the way you are, what's yeah. going to work best for you as a family is is really important. And gathering your confidence with that as you go. Like for some families who are clearly here concerned about going back to school, recognise that dipping your toe in it will either give you reassurance and confidence or not. And you can take your time with this. There's, there's, there needs to be no pressure on you. That's right. And I think the main thing there is that so you're not falling foul of the of the you know the various education acts in your state that you yeah. that you do communicate with the school about what's yeah. going on and and. Um, and, and, you know, and, and being able to offer, you know, uh, that you can facilitate learning at home yeah. uh, in some form now, if that means it's going to get a better chance of getting your children back to school. And I highly doubt anyone's going to be having the time or energy or resources to argue too hard with you about it at the moment. And I, I really feel like parents need to just take that deep breath um, and, and, and do what they feel like is the right thing to do. Take a move towards you know, getting back to routine and normal. Exactly. No, that, that's good advice. So what other opportunities do you see for children returning to school? Oh, so I actually see so many. When has there ever been a time where anyone, everyone has had such common ground to talk about? Mm. Isn't that, like, this is a great opportunity. I mean, Christmas holidays come and they all, you know, they all sort of go their ways, but there is going to be so much common ground when they go back to school. And I feel like I'm doing a few webinars into primary schools at the moment, just helping them cross those social borders and to be open-hearted towards each other and kind and compassionate and recognising how much we need each other. And I hope our kids have learnt through this experience how valuable that friendship and seeing people in their classrooms and their teachers actually are. They've all got this heightened sense of gratitude right now and this heightened sense of appreciation and we want to double down on that. And so I'm talking to kids about, and they know it, in groups and out groups, groups that they feel like they belong to groups that they feel safe around and then maybe people that they don't normally get to know and there's no better time than right now to have kids cross those social borders and make those new connections i think it's going to be an exciting time for them in that respect and an exciting time for those with a real social conscience to be extra compassionate and to notice when other people are, are maybe struggling a bit more or need to be included 
No, I like that. I think that compassion piece is uh, is something that we don't always uh, have the the opportunity, or sometimes those opportunities aren't as regular for us because we we haven't we're not we're not stopping and smelling, you know, not stopping and smelling the fl- the flowers ourselves. So we're so we're not we're not in a position often to be able to do that sort of social scanning for our kids to so yeah. that they get to see those those opportunities. So I think. In all of this too, I mean, you, you speak a lot about parent self care. Yes. So what do they What do they need to do, in your opinion, yes. to look after themselves? Yeah, I, I love to talk to parents about in charge energy, and I learned a lot about in charge energy when I was working in alternative learning schools. And oftentimes these were schools where kids had been kicked out of regular schooling for all sorts of reasons, but oftentimes for behaviour issues. And I would have a security guard come with me and lock me in and out of classrooms and walk with me. And they were really delightful places. But oftentimes I'd go into classrooms that were just wild with poor behaviour, really. And it was my job to sort of rein it in and get kids focused and and work with them. Now, I soon realised if I didn't come to work with in-charge energy, I was going to get absolutely railroaded. And I feel like when we parent, when our resources are low and completely depleted, our kids know it, you know, and it makes it so much harder to do three things. And the first thing is it's harder to emotionally engage with kids when you're exhausted. You just want to get a task done but not enjoy the journey oftentimes and you don't have as much tolerance for the emotion that goes with it. The second thing that it's harder to do when you don't have in-charge energy is set realistic expectations. We're often overly demanding as parents when we don't have good energy or we throw out like five or six um, expectations at once and it's just not realistic. And the third thing that's really hard to do when you haven't got in charge energy is just kick those requests over the line. A bit of yes mum, yes dad, you know, you just don't have that presence there to help you kick your requests over the line. And so when parents feel like their in-charge energy is just depleting, you know what the best thing to do is? Just take your foot off the pedal with your kids and just do whatever you can do to just charge yourself up a little bit so you can come back to the task with great energy. And if that means leaving, you know, dad look after a kid who's crying for a minute or if that means you know just walk away and do it because that's going to enable you to come back in a better space no that that's so important i think to um you know kylie i think we've got a we've got got michelle we've got a a question from kylie which i'll come back to in a second but michelle i think it's important that we actually um you know take take small steps towards that in charge energy yeah you know that we don't expect to have it all at the same time, um, and 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 if we don't do it, don't be so hard on yourself. Don't be so hard on yeah. yourself. And if you're getting to the end of the day and you're feeling like you just completely depleted again, keep lowering the expectations till you get to the end of the day and go. You know what? I did the two things in my list, which was have a cup of coffee and put my feet up and make the bed or whatever it be. Just get the list of to-dos or must-dos down low enough that you can feel some satisfaction at the end of the day. Yeah, no, that's so important. I, I remember, you know, remember when the kids were little, when you first had them, when they first, you know, your first child came home yeah. and you're thinking, how do I do this? And you're thinking, gee, I had to really lower my expectations, you know. Yeah. It was a good day if I had the washing out on the line by 11 yeah. o'clock and I was out of my pyjamas. 100%. <laughs> And in times like this, maybe we have to go back to, you know, yeah. some of those coping mechanisms that we yeah. have when we 
kids were little, you know. And I feel like as we get back to kind of a full full speed rhythm here, it's maybe just introducing one new thing every day rather than just going from zero to 100. It'll just evolve and that's okay. Yeah. I like the idea too of um, having a game plan that you, um, you you share your game plan with a, with a friend you text what you get, what text what you aim to do in the day to each other, and then as you as you do each one, just send a little fist pump to say, you know, <laughs> I've, I've done that. <laughs> check, check, and so you, at least you keep that keep the humour in it. You know, yeah, it's really great. Each other honest as well. Yeah, absolutely, that's fantastic. Listen, we've got some lovely comments here. Um, so um, that's why I sort of saw Kylie's comment pop up. That's why I said Kylie. Um, I loved it. I love that. Yes, this time has been a time for learning compassion understanding social responsibility feelings and needs and mm. it really has and I think parents are in that unique opportunity to be able to have those those conversations only parents can have really yeah absolutely there's something you know friendships may be different when kids go back they might be a bit unsettled for a little while it might be a little bit up and down but I think we need to reassure ourselves as parents that overarching Every up and down that our kids have at school is this safe place called home. Mm -hmm. And when they have the stability of home behind them, the ups and downs of life are actually not so bad for them. You know, it's actually, it's actually good for them in the experience of their life when they have a, a firm and strong foundation. Yeah, no, that's so true. And look, we've got a lovely, another lovely comment here. Due to the limited number of returning students, my 10-year-old daughter has had to forge new friendships, often with yeah. boys, as very few girls attended. Yes. This opportunity built her confidence with boys her that's age. so not. good. I know. wonderful? <laughs> I'm hearing lots of this. I'm honestly hearing lots of this. And as all kids come back to school now, I mean, I would be encouraging her to even go one step further and to look to talk to other kids that she's never spoken to before and cross some of those social borders. I think that's so exciting. Yeah. And the, the downside, though, is that she is grieving the loss of some friendships. Yeah, now. that's right. Yeah. And let's talk about this. It doesn't have gratitude and grief can coexist. Mm. So we can be really sad that we've lost some friendships during this time and haven't been, got to see our friends. And we can be really grateful for the new friendships we've formed. It doesn't have to be either or one or the other. Because mm. sometimes we sort of talk about gratitude like the, the cure-all. Um, when we say things like, I haven't been able to see my friends, but aren't you lucky you still get to go to school? And it just puts a blanket over that grief. I think the beauty of the human spirit is its ability to adapt and to feel both things. And, and that's that's really a great comment to showcase yeah, that yeah and there's another another part to that to that comment saying that now that the boys more boys are back and the girls have returned yeah she's she's now sort of grieving the, the grieving the friendships that yeah. she formed with the boys while the other girls yeah, were away that's so right. so how and can this is the adjustment there? isn't it again it's that adaption and adjustment again they're doing great aren't they aren't we they proud really of them? Are. They really are doing great. Yeah. And what advice can I give her to try and keep these friendships alive? Well, gosh, that's a, that's a tricky one. <laughs> take, ask her to take it one step further, all right? So if some of those girls have become really great friends, maybe in time, in the right time, she can have a play date with them. 
or maybe she needs to make sure that she's checking in with those girls every day even though her new friends have come back to school. So it's really helping her keep tabs on and this is where it teaches them to be open hearted to more than one group of people. And so oftentimes our kids have got besties or enemies and nothing in between because they're very rigid in their thinking when it comes to people but this is just a great opportunity for them to be inclusive. I love it. Exactly. Look, I've just got another, another question that's come through that adjusting for uh, the hours that they're keeping at home uh, have, been a bit, have been a bit all crazy. over the place. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And spending lots of time online with friends, gaming and, and that sort of thing. And now we're having to go back to, yeah. back to school and routine. Yeah, so yeah. what advice can you give there? Can I reassure you that so much of this is going to find its natural learning place, but it's going to take a minute. So I think we can, just like when we went into this whole, we've got a homeschool thing, we tried to structure days and to control everything. And I think as parents, when we feel like things are out of control, that's what we do. We try and timetable, schedule, put rules in place. But I feel like this is going to take its natural step down if we just give it a little bit of a minute. Kids are going to get physically tired from being at school. They're going to need to go to bed earlier. I think now's a really good time to start to just reduce screen time, but I think if you go from all to nothing straight away, you're going to have all hell break out in your home. So just realise that everything's heightened right now and it's going to find its, its landing place. No, that's good advice. And just to our people who are online, if you would like to ask a question, please do so via the chat uh, and we will, we will ask those questions. I've got people sending them to me to all, all of the group and also to me privately. So um, either way, I, it pops up on my screen and I get to see them. So I've got another question here um, to Kylie about I'm sorry, Kylie, Michelle, gosh, I've got, Kylie, Kylie's prolific, Kylie, keep, ty keep typing. <laughs> um, my child has done really well um, learning from home yeah. uh, and they're finding it, going to find it difficult now to go back because mm -hmm. they weren't doing so well when they're in face-to-face. -face. Yes, yeah. So do yeah. you have some advice um, or just some, what have you heard from other parents? Yeah, and also exactly the same thing. The, the challenge is, is that this kind of quiet environment at home where children have had parents that are accessible to them, you know, for the day, kids have just thrived in it. And what child wouldn't? I mean, seriously, what child wouldn't bloom with someone who loves them, is connected to them, puts their needs first all day? What child wouldn't bloom? And then all of a sudden they have to go in back into an environment, which I actually think is a really great environment where they have to, you know, negotiate their needs with 30 other kids and a teacher and yet still come back to that safe place at night. And so, again, it's different. It's going to, for some kids being at home on their own was just a nightmare. And then for some kids it was heaven. So as they all go back, realise that they might feel more anxiety going back than they did going the other way. Yeah. It's yeah. real. It yeah. really is real for them, you know. The, the reality is that some of them will find it hard. Some of their friendships will shuffle. And we have to accept that and we actually have to trust in their journey um, that these are the things that actually grow them as human beings. I mean, all of those, if we start looking at these as opportunities for growth, I think that's a, yeah. that's a, a nice front. It doesn't make it easier. No, it doesn't. <laughs> but it gives, the, it, gives the, uh, it gives the uncomfortable, you know, and the, t and the tension yeah. a little bit of purpose, yeah? 
and let's explain it like this you know when I when I held my children in my arms for the first time that desire to nurture and protect them was just all-consuming and overwhelming and that's the way we're wired that's how nature intended it to be but the intensity of that feeling can actually get in the way of our children's development when we don't recognize that their life is their own gift and that their journey is critical to them and that if we don't trust in that we're actually going to meddle with their development yeah, no, that, that's an important point. I often say, look, I think when I'm talking with groups of parents, it's uh, we, we get caught up in the child raising yeah. and in actual fact what we're doing is raising adults. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, if we, if we start with that end in mind, doesn't mean that we, we, are, we, we toughen them up or anything like that necessarily. We still love them and look yes. after them. But yeah. if we've got in our mind that we're actually raising adults to be functional and, and competent adults yeah, then yeah. that that's uh we've you know these are things you've got to learn right <laughs> yeah that's right and recognize too that how we respond to their challenges gives them cues on whether they can cope with it or not mm -hmm. and if we come from this place of of trust in their journey and confidence in their journey what that does is make them first of all say hey this might must be normal life Second of all, it kind of gives them the impression that we think they can handle it. And those cues are just so important for our kids. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a, a real lesson there as parents, you know, the way in which we respond to, to uh, you know, to, to adversity, mm -hmm. um, that, yes, things are sad or things are yeah. difficult, and, yeah. but we but we we deal with it and the way we demonstrate how we deal with it is actually is picked up by our kids yeah i mean all the research tells us that resilience is 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 learned really or transferred or caught however you want to say it by mimicking or copying or imitating and the trick is is this even at 18 months as human beings we can um adjust what we see and how we imitate it and so there's this element of choice that all of our kids have but they're much more likely to mirror and copy people they feel closely connected with so if we're going to lean into and invest our energy anywhere it actually should be into that connection with our child and then into our own resilience because we're connected and if they're mirroring us we want to be mirroring things that are going to build strength in them no, that's a, that's a really good point. So um, we've got a comment here. Yes, opportunities for growth. I really needed to hear this. Oh, I'm glad glad that you're glad that we were able to help help there. Um, yeah. uh, this lady has teens and toddlers, kindy and oh. middle kiddos. So she's oh, you're a, a legend. Champion, champion. Oh, oh, all ages. <laughs> um, this has been a time for family team building. No, I bet it has. <laughs> I think you've got your own team there. You've got almost got a got a full full soccer team there. Um, I would like to ask about teacher anxiety and what do you know about how teachers are dealing with the extra stress? Yeah. Yeah. It worries me, especially at high school, where teacher-student relationships can be struggling already. Oh my goodness! And like, if you can look after teachers as much as you can, parents, right now, because teachers, most of them have this empathy for young people and that's why they got into this profession and so when all this hit and they had to transfer everything online not only was it a logistic nightmare but teachers were really carrying the the burden emotionally for kids and what they were going to experience and go through and they were going through it oftentimes with their own children as well and so 
I have a few friends that are teachers and they have been so stressed trying to get everything online and then extremely stressed now thinking is it changing, is it going back, is what's happening and now they're regrouping and going back with, with a lot of extra burden and weight and some of that burden comes with communicating and reassuring parents as well um, and knowing that kids are going to come back into the classroom with a range of maybe heightened emotions. So anything that you can do, an email to thank them, drop them a note, a gift, those gift cards that sit in your wallet and you, they're going to expire because you're not going to use them anyway because they sit and you forget they're there. Pull them out and give them to a teacher because those teachers are really, they have carried a lot. They really have been the heroes of this. They have been. I would I would agree with you there, and I you know I'm a I'm an ex ex chalky myself. Yes. <laughs> and I'm thinking all I could think during this period was oh. Oh, goodness I'm not not in a school anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I mean it's just a, just the chopping and changing the whole. It was a time. frenzy about it, and yeah. that that yeah. takes a toll on you emotionally. The the work isn't adapting. It certainly does, and I think too the other thing that we are um, we're concerned about, or well, teachers are a bit concerned about too, is you know that often you know. They were dealing with their own children at home while yes. they were teaching 100%. our children, other children. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but also, too, you know, some of them are looking after elderly parents, so they were concerned about if they brought it home and if they, were, you know, in, mm -hmm. you know, potentially infected, infect, passed on an infection to yeah. their elderly parents, or perhaps they weren't in particularly good health themselves. And 100%. you know, schools, you know, we're told schools are safe, but you know, there's always that element of doubt, isn't there? Absolutely, yeah. Yes to all of that and the teachers that I was in a few schools bef just before it kind of that kids went home and teachers were getting me in to talk about child protection to kids about staying safe online and concerned that kids would be left at home alone for long periods of time like if you really think about the diversity of what what teachers are really dipping into and trying to take care of so I was going into schools talking to kids around that kind of space and that was bringing comfort to teachers that they would know their students would go home equipped to be home alone no that's um yeah that they they do they do carry a really big burden it's way beyond what we understand to be the, the you know the curriculum um or what is the official curriculum anyway yeah uh, so just um just some uh, other other things I'm interested to hear about some advice on. Yes. And, you know, we hear about the helicopter parent and for a whole lot of reasons, you know, we want our children to be independent yeah. um, and experience and learn their way through these challenges. Mm -hmm. um, but if parents have got concerns about how their child is dealing with this new normal, mm -hmm. you know, what are your suggestions for working through this with them? 100%. There is this line where we know we've done all we can do and we can see our kids really struggling. And I think in times like that, it is really important for us to get an outside opinion. And sometimes when we get an outside opinion, someone reassures us that, that they're okay. You know, they're okay. It's going to be okay. And then sometimes someone comes in and goes, you know what, they, they really are going to need some extra support to make sure they get through this okay. And that second eye is so valuable. I tell you what, teachers are very good to get a second opinion from and sometimes we don't trust teachers enough. They're with our kids for six hours a day. They're seeing them in such a diverse range of environments and inter interacting with, with different students and they're seeing them in different light and a second opinion from teachers right now would be a really wise thing to do.
Yeah, no, that that's really good advice. And I think too, the other the other side of this is that you know while you know parents are saying, <laughs> we're, not only are we saying to our children now get off the devices, <laughs> having having been having been telling them to stay off devices before them get onto devices and now get yeah. off devices again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For parents, we've been saying you know step back and let your kids be kids yeah. and 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 learn their way through the challenges mm-hmm. um but also to you know you as you said you know home is the hero and and, yeah, and yeah. parents are the heart of the home yes um, yeah. so we're saying you know you, you need to be your child's advocate uh, yeah. but balancing that now without hovering the whole time is going to yeah, be that's right we've just got to realize it's going to take time and give our kids just that little bit of space. It's like going from everything to nothing. It's just not going to happen. Um, and I think if there's ever a time for parents to dig into their own intuition and don't worry about what anyone else is doing, don't worry about what these parenting experts tell you. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> just try, you know, throw it out the window and listen to your gut because you know your child. And for a lot of them, not being on gaming for so many hours a day is going to be a loss for them and they're going to feel that sense of grief if they come back in and you know your child. And so I think it's actually really important that we give ourselves full permission to be parents, to have that time where we step up to the plate and make sure home continues to be the hero and overarches what's going on in their lives right now. Mm-hmm. And that's I think that's important, important because we've... Um, I think this is actually a, a wonderful opportunity for parents to re-establish their authority uh, as the experts in their children. Um, I do too. Yeah. And intuition is not just a gut feeling. It's not this fluffy kind of thing. It's noticing the subtle changes that other people miss. And the reason we notice them is because we know our children so deeply. That doesn't mean we have to fix them. It doesn't mean we have to rescue them. But it, it just is this space where we acknowledge what is and we give them a hand to keep steady as we go along and as we move forward. We, we want our kids moving in the right direction in life. Exactly. And I think there'll be a time when, you know, while we're very uh, active um, in, in, uh, in our role as, as parents, and we'll always, we're always active in our role as parents. I mean, I've got older children and I'm still... People say, oh, you must be, you must be lucky. You're lucky they're older. I'm going, yes, well, it's just different. <laughs> They now have money and keys to a car. Oh, yeah, technically, yes. But anyway, <laughs> it's all technical. Um, but, you know, it's just different, right? The, the role of you're all once a parent, always a parent, just yeah. all just changes. Um, but what I think is is lovely about this is that, you know, we, we're we actually in a really lovely opportunity, lovely opportunity to step in, as you said, step up to the plate. Yeah. But also, too, to be able to to know when we can step back and just be the curious observer. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And the, the real art of validating our kids' human experience, it's an art. Mm-hmm. Because in that moment, we refrain from fixing, rescuing, lecturing, teaching, and we just sit with them and acknowledge what is and that maybe they feel sad or it feels different. And then we, what, mums, especially mums, look, zip it. Exactly. <laughs> it's so hard because you want to have the answers for them, you know, and you, you want to help 
push things forward and sometimes actually all the time the real key in building resilience in kids is being to help them in that moment acknowledge what is and really validate them as human beings and it will give them confidence knowing that what they're experiencing is not abnormal and that you didn't rush to rescue them and create a drama in fact you went, yeah, I really get it. And if mum got through it, and if mum's filled this before and got through it, then I can. Yeah, no, that's so true. And look, we've got a, we've got a few comments here. Yeah, yes, use our intuition. Go yeah. for it, parents. I mean, what you, what, what when you knew your little one wasn't well, and you you took them up to the doctor, only you knew, right? Um, so you're the you you know your you know your child better than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, tuition, yes wonderful and then time to dust off the Brené Brown on parenting I think yes yeah, she's, she's <laughs> thanks for this yeah absolutely such yeah. wisdom in it isn't it there certainly is um just a question's come in about school refusers because yes. we, if they're refusing to go before you know <laughs> <laughs> This has been like this has been fantastic for school refusers, you know, this whole experience. Um yeah. with its own challenges, obviously. Yeah. But yeah. how do we then, you know, because I really enjoyed this, yeah. it's been great for them. I know, I know. And we've got to realise for some kids how much courage it is gonna take to re-enter a school setting. And and we can't underestimate that. We have to actually really be able to acknowledge that for some kids this is this is going to take a lot of courage and if we can take the maybe the approach of there's there's two things I want to say let's say this first it is okay for them to go back part-time part of the day Um, it is okay to step it in okay so that's that is okay if that's what your child needs and their anxiety is high around this but the other thing is this parents if you don't have that in charge energy that comes into this situation saying school started this is what's happening this is the way we're going now we might not jump from here to here straight away but this is the way we're going that is going to slow the process down so looking after yourself right now is just so important because your kids are going to know if they can railroad you or not and at the end of the day we don't want to take the obstacles out of our kids paths it's actually so important that we don't what we need to Um, And I've just got an example coming to my head. I talked to a dad a few days ago, his son, highly anxious, but highly anxious is actually getting back into his dance. And we, we talked around options like that, but he said to me, one thing I know that's really good for him is physical exercise. And I said to this dad, and his, his boy was about 10, I said, you can't compromise on that. Give him a lot of choice with it step him into it slowly but you kind of need to say this is the way we're going and how we get there we'll work that out as we go but that's what in charge energy does it knows what's best for um, the the lane that our kids need to go in and it doesn't just try and remove everything out of their path right exactly and i'd say to um to the parents who are on tonight who um we've got looks like we've got a couple who've got who do have a do have school refusers um, is to actually go to the school with a plan uh and speak to them about how you would like to see uh them return to school um and 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 under what circumstances so you're actually you know entitled to negotiate um an individual education plan 
for, for all of your children, for any of your children. Yeah, yeah. Um, so speak to the school about how you would like to do that because rather than it becoming a problem yeah. uh, where the school's contacting you, I think yeah. go, my advice is to go armed, armed with a plan yeah. Um, that you've spoken about with your um, that you've, you've spoken about yeah. with your children, and that um, you know you can emotionally commit to exactly, and that you feel like you can get over the line when you need to. Mm -hmm. But the how kind of just you know that's where you, you can't have such a rigid plan. You have to allow some movement. That's right. And for those of you who are on tonight and might be interested particularly about that, we do have some. Uh, VPC podcasts uh, on school refusal. Right. Um, so with Dr. Melbourne. Uh, so I'll thank you, Evelyn. Evelyn's popped that up. Good. We're, we're obviously we're not communicating uh, by text. I promise you. Uh, <laughs> we know that, the, that that was a very interesting conversation, and he was talking about it from a very where it becomes clinically quite a, a, yeah. a challenging challenging problem. But yeah. he certainly had some good advice there. But but as parents, you can certainly go to the school arm. With a uh, here's a plan, having spoken to your children about it, so so please do that. So look, we're coming up to time, Michelle. Oh my goodness, I can't believe it's been an hour. Um, yeah, chat, I know. Chat, thank awesome. you for joining us. <laughs> um, so what I'm thinking now is, is look, are the, are the two takeaway points that you would um, you would give parents as your top priority for mm. guys? If you only do two things, this. Yeah bit um as we as we get ready to go back to school yeah i think the first thing is just cut yourself some slack and give it some time so if you thought next week we're all going to go back to normal routine like try and go maybe in a month's time we'll feel like we've got normal to routine so just lower that expectation on yourself just a little bit and realize that it's going to take a while for kids friendships to land and realize again that even if they go through ups and downs outside of the home, that you can be that overarching support for them during this time. And that is enough. It really is. No, that, that's lovely. And uh, so I think we've had, some, we've had some great wisdom here tonight. Uh, wonderful, wonderful chat with you, Michelle. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you, Kate. We re really appreciate that. And, and great uh, participation from our from our audience tonight. Um, it's lovely to have you all on uh, with us. Um, great comments and uh, I think that uh, go parents, you're doing a great job. Great job. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing job. So just to wrap up, uh, we will, uh, we'd love to have more of these. So we'll hopefully, hopefully Michelle, you can come back and, back and talk to us again. I would love to, if everyone would like to have me back, I, I would love to. Oh yes, definitely. I think so. Um, but also to um, parents who are on, if you have not checked out the new, new and improved and really flash website for the Victorian Parents Council. Oh, it's really nice. It is nice, isn't it? Um, I know that it's been, uh, I think we said before, it's been a, a long, a long birth, this one, <laughs> but it's, uh, but it's very much worth that worth that has been worth the effort. So lots of resources on there. Um, so parents take a look. And also too, we're very keen to continue parents engaging in this conversation around school and around home um, learning at home um, and there are some polls that the Victorian Parents Council has been running um, over this period and I really encourage you to to have your say there 
um, so that we um, so that we do keep our finger on the pulse um, and understand what you're going through, um, and so that you know too that the updated. I think we took um, it took time. I think around the twelfth of May, and actually um, put a report together and sent that through to. Uh, the Premier, um, to the Minister for Education and other people within government to say, look, you know, this is the voice of parents. So um, that's, uh, so your voice is being heard, parents. Uh, and uh, that's, uh, it's an important way to communicate that through uh, bodies like the Victorian Parents Council. So folks, I'm going to wrap up here. Um, so thank you very much for being with us. It's lovely having you online. And uh, Michelle, once again, thank you so much. Very gracious with your time. It's uh, lovely to have you with us tonight. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. Thank you. Lovely to see you. Bye-bye now. Bye, everyone. Thank you to our guest speaker. We hope you enjoyed today's topic. Want to know more about this podcast and other VPC podcasts? please visit the VPC website, vicparentscouncil.vic.edu.au and leave a review. We would also welcome you to contact us if you would like to be our guest or if you have a topic around parenting and education. Thank you to Melbourne singer Emma Sydney for her permission to use her soundtrack, Cherish. Until next time, thank you for listening. <laughs>